0: Hallelujah! Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. We're talking about Jesus. Come on, we're talking about Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're not talking about House of Freedom. We're not talking about me. We're talking about our Lord. And every time you hear that name, you should get excited. Because he paid a price that nobody was willing to pay. Are able to pay, so I'm always grateful. You can have a seat right there, amen. We're getting ready to go into the word, amen. I thank God, I thank God for how He moved today in the song service. Come on, y'all give Him a hand, praise for that. I thank God for that, amen. I'm grateful, amen. Y'all come on, stand up with me, let's go into a word of prayer, amen. Y'all know last week I started talking about therapy, amen, and just learning how to talk to God in prayer. Just learning how Jesus is a wonderful counselor, amen. So we're going to build on that today, amen. And hopefully as we're, you know, let me share something with you before I pray. A lot of times we don't advance in Christ simply because we don't pray right. praying right starts with the the condition of your heart. The Bible say out of a good and an honest heart they brought forth fruit unto God. A lot of times we can't bring forth the fruit unto God we're looking for is because we don't approach him with a good honest heart. (laughs) And when you when I when he talked about that honest heart man I feel the Holy Ghost already. When he talked about an honest heart He's talking about coming before God with your heart, exactly how it is. Don't try to fix it up. Don't try to impress him with words. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, when you come before God, don't come with vain repetition. He said, because they think God will hear them because they brought a lot of words. How many of you know that what religion has taught us throughout these two millennial years, about 2000, all these different religions has taught us how to masquerade ourselves before God. It has given us so many filters on how to present our prayer to God. A lot of people that go before God depending on their religious background and they got to preface it with all kind of titles and all kind of accolades and what they've done and therefore, they don't advance in the spirit of God because you can't advance in the spirit of God by title, length of time and church. Tr- none of that means anything in the spirit. I thought about this scripture today. It talked about how all the elders took their crowns off their head and placed them at Jesus' feet. And they say, Why well, and I say, well, why did they do such a thing? Because none of their crowns mattered. Nothing you accomplish, nothing you achieve, what your name is, who you are, how many churches you be, how many people. None of that matters when you get before Christ, because the sad thing is there's going to be some people that Christ tell that served him for many years. Some of them he's going to profess. I don't even know who you are. He said at the banquet, there was a banquet going on. And then when they sat at the table, there was a man sitting at the table and a voice from heaven looked and say, how did you get at this table? I, he looked and he said, how did you get here? How, how did you escape? How did you elude all of the security to find yourself sitting at a holy table? And they're going to say, well, I'm an apostle, I'm an evangelist, I'm a prophet, I'm this and I'm that. And he's going to say, you don't even belong at this table. Because the one sitting at this table, their garments are clean. Their garments are white because they're unspotted from the world. Because they don't have a spot on them. They don't have a blemish on them. I don't even see a wrinkle on them. And the Bible says he turned to the angels and said, Can you take this individual, bind him by his hands and his feet and remove him from this audience because he got to this table sneakily, he don't even belong. Amen. How many of you want to sit down at God's table in his kingdom? I'm about to help you get there. I'm going to help you get to that table. That's the job of men of God. They're supposed to perfect you and prepare you to sit down in the kingdom of God with Christ and Paul and Peter and Abraham. All of these people you read about. How many of you know there's a seat at the table with your name (laughs) on? Peter talked like this. (laughs) Look what he said, and this is what you got to hear. Peter said this. He say, "There's a reservation at God's table, waiting on you." And I've been to some nice restaurants. Some of them, you can't just show up. You you can't just show up at a five star that's extremely popular and say, "Okay, hey, I want to eat." They're gonna say, "I don't see your name, Mister Miller." I, I, well, I thought I could just no. You could just show up at McDonald's. This not McDonald's. And God taught like that because He wanted us as humanity to respect the sanctity of the kingdom of God, to respect the how valuable His kingdom is. For us to understand that not anybody can just be in His kingdom at the end. Paul said, dearly beloved, He said, be not deceived. He said, no fornicator, no idolater, no drunkard, no effeminate, no men stealers, no liars. He said, don't let nobody deceive you. He said, this type of behavior will not give you the opportunity to sit down at God's table. He said, don't let anybody deceive you and make you think that you can walk in these type of manners and be in God's kingdom. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. And I know this type of gospel is not popular, but that's okay. Somebody say that's okay. Somebody say, I don't want to be popular. I want to be holy. Because the Bible says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And only a few people going to find it anyway. And I love being in rain. My spirit does. My flesh protested for a while. But when I started thinking about Jesus, how he was born in a manger, God strategically placed him in an unattractive place because he did not want it to look like what the world deemed to be precious. And he placed him in a manger and his first outfit wasn't Jordans and fine clothes. The Bible say Mary just grabbed some swaddling clothes. And she wrapped her baby in some inexpensive clothes a lot of times you can miss God because you're looking for God from the wrong eye I mean, the, and I started to realize that you can't find that's why Jesus said this he said the kingdom of God don't say it's over here then don't say it's over there he said, but the kingdom of God. He said, you are kingdom carriers. He said, wherever you go, that's where the kingdom is. He said, wherever the sole of your feet touch, I give you that. He said, don't look for the kingdom in titles and fancy edifices. He say, but you carry the kingdom wherever you go. He say, for it's in you. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm a kingdom carrier. Somebody say, wherever I go, that's where the kingdom is. Hallelujah. So embrace your title as kingdom carriers. The Paul taught the Ephesians. He say, I'll sit you together with Christ in heavenly places. You have the ability to bring heaven with you wherever you go. Oh, my God. That's so powerful. That may need to come into a sermon. Hallelujah. But before I go into this sermon, let me read you my text. And then me and my wife go, ain't she beautiful? Look at her. She don't like that kind of talk. <laughs> she, don't, she don't like when I do that in public. My son, they call that PDA. I'm just learning. Public display of affection. I'm learning all <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> and I didn't plan on it. It just hit me when I looked over there. I'm like, man, that girl be looking all right." I love her more today than I did before. I do. I love her more today. When you go through the trenches with somebody. When you on the mountain, back to the valley, in between the valley and the mountain, the life takes you all here, and you look to your left and they still there, you got I got something there. Hey Amen. We done been through all kinds of things in these 20-some years. And I believe I found me a ride or die. I found me one get you one <laughs> you got your where yours at look at <laughs> y'all give marriage and love a hand clap brother Antoine say I got mine too look at him up. hey man it's a beauty and if you don't have one yet that's okay you got one in Christ Amen. Jesus love you. Kevin got him one. You got you one out there. I know that's right. (laughs) Amen. But seriously, when you're thinking about a partner, make sure you pick wisely. Because a bad partner can take you on a years of a bad ride. But God created your spouse to be a help to you. Amen. To make life easier, to bear the birds. Let me read this to you right quick from Romans chapter 7. And y'all thank God for the building that he's provided for us. We're almost there. Amen. We're almost there. Amen. I thank God for Got the permits. Amen. So I just thank God for the journey. Amen. So let me just read this from Romans 7 while you stand, standing. Then we're going to pray and then we're going to dive into this. And so the trouble is what Romans 7, 14, verse 14 to 25. <laughs> so the trouble is not with the law, but it is spiritual. I'm in the NLT and it's good. He said, but the trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. In the King James Version, he said, I'm carnal, so under sin. And what got me when Paul said that, he wrote that, he said, I am. He wrote that present tense. He said, I am calling a soul under sin. He said, I don't really understand myself. Uh-oh, y'all following me right here. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. Somebody say that I know nothing good lives in me. Do you know yourself? He said, I know that. He says, well, what verse is that? This is, um, let me slow this down. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me, but that's my sinful nature. And what I, I want to do what's right. Paul said, I want to do what's right, but I can't. He said, I want to do what's good, but I don't. Oh, my God. I want to forgive him, but that's not what my mind telling me to do. I consent to your word. Nothing wrong with your word, God. It's not you. It's me. Paul said, I consent. I come in agreement. The law is good. Paul said, I'm reading when you tell me don't commit adultery. Don't lie. I, I agree. That is a good way for a human to live their life. But I want her husband. See, that's why people can't get free. They don't want to talk about this right here. That's why we're having problems in church because you got people with big titles lusting after things that don't belong to them and they scared to pray how they really feel and that's why we build doctrines to cover how we really feel. Paul said, I agree with your word. I should not steal anything from my neighbor but I feel like life hasn't treated me fair and it's hard for me to get ahead so I don't want to cheat on my taxes but I need that money I agree with your word I should not do that I know this relationship is not appropriate I know I shouldn't be laying up with this man. I know it. Listen, God, I agree with your word, but that is not a healthy practice. But I want to. Ooh. Somebody say, help me, Lord. See, you're going to learn how to pray going to the house of freedom. We're not going to be a church with all these fake prayers. We got all kind of issues and things going on in our mind. And then we come in here all cute like we just know we ain't rolling like that. We're going to be some people that sometimes some of them prayers you're going to have to say, can you leave the room? Because what I got to talk about right now, you might not want to hear what I'm really getting ready to talk to God about. But I'd rather be free than have you look at me like something that I'm not. So you might want to leave the room right now, because I'm battling with some things. You might want to get out of here, because I don't want you looking at me like I ain't saved. I'm saved, but I'm a soul under sin. There's a war going on on the inside of me. I love how Paul wrote this, because Paul was Paul said, "I don't understand myself." See, you gotta get you some doctrine on this right quick. Look what Paul said. Romans 6 says this, righteousness unto holiness. When you are born again, your status changed from sinner to saint. But who you are, you've got to work on that. See, you become a righteous person when you're born again. But now you've got to make a journey. The word unto is a preposition meaning we're going from to could Paul say from righteousness I just made the altar call and got full of the Holy Ghost so I'm born again now you got to start traveling now you got to start dealing with some things now you got to start acknowledging the first advice I would give you is know everything about yourself because that's what he gonna use to try to take you out study yourself learn your tendencies Learn what you defaulted to in the world. Learn that when you got weak, you wanted to drink. Or when you got lonely you wanted to lay up. Know yourself because before the enemy can bring that to you, you say, I already know you're gonna try that because that's you are right. That's that's what I used to like to do. And you start building wise defenses for yourself. Instead of starting your journey from righteousness to holiness can saying, okay no nobody can do that nobody per, no don't live your life under that umbrella don't but don't start saying if jesus say be perfect but don't read this passage right here and start masquerading what jesus said say lord how can i be perfect don't say you can't say lord if you wrote this how that's true christianity right there You've got to know doctrine. Doctrine says righteousness unto you traveling to holiness. Your status changes when you're born again. You go from sinner to saint. You have to know these things to successfully get to the end of this journey. Because when you make a mistake as a sinner, you doom. When you make a mistake as a saint, there's a way to deal with that. Don't dissect this. Paul said, I don't even understand myself. He said, I want to do what's right. But I just don't do it. He said, God, I agree with your word. It's good, but how to perform it, I don't know. He said, look at this verse. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing what's wrong. It's sin living in me. Hallelujah. He said, so I discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. He said, I love God's law with all of my heart. Oh, my God. I'm about to help somebody right now. See, this is when people start saying, God, know my heart, and they continue to practice. <laughs> Wrong doctrine. <laughs> Could do it like Paul. Saying, God, I love your word with all of my heart. I just don't know how to do it. There's a difference in saying, God, you know my heart, and using that as an excuse to continue disobeying him, versus saying, God, I love your word with all my heart. I just can't c- keep it. Ooh, there's a difference. He said, but there is another power within me. Listen to me, church. There is another power within me. And it's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death, he say, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to forgive because that's a beautiful way you live. In my mind, I really want to put him out of my house and tell him this relationship is not appropriate. (laughs) In my mind, I really want to obey because, God, I agree that if I don't walk in adultery, I won't have to have two phones and three phones and secret text messages and Snapchats and this. I agree that the way you want me to live is just better to live. It creates peace. It creates joy. But that's just not what I feel right now. (sighs) Ooh, you ever read something in the Bible and you agree with it, but you just don't feel it. Somebody, this is the title of this sermon. Confessions It's me. It's not you. That's what Paul was telling God. God, I got something to confess with you. I agree with everything you say. You're not the problem in this relationship. It's me. I'm the one that have issues. See, some people try to make God have issues. When you start twisting his words and creating doctrines and all, you telling God you got issues. You, 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 you ever been in a relationship and you're steadily trying to fix the other person instead of looking within? That's what Paul started doing. Paul said, God, you're not the problem. We're going to grow up around here. Let's bless this word. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Quick prayer, (laughs) y'all. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word. I pray, God, that you give me the wisdom to deliver this the way you saw it in your heart. Let not my mind, my heart, my thoughts get in the way, but speak to your people today and bless them through the word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let nothing hinder your word. Amen. Amen. Lee, can you take this party in my throat? Amen. So I'm back in front of my counselor. This is serious. You know why this is serious? Let me tell you why this is serious. The reason why this is serious Y'all turn to Romans 8 and 1 right quick. I have to give you a little doctrine first. Amen. And then after I give you that, then we'll be able to go and walk through this passage. Y'all got Romans 8 and 1? All right. Let me read that right quick. Amen. And there's a reason. Y'all just give me a few minutes. There's a reason Jesus said, he said, Romans 8 and 1, look what Paul taught. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How many of you walking after the spirit? I'm going to wait for you. How many of you want to walk after the spirit? All right. So. Let's go back to Romans 6 and 19. Because notice, Romans 6 and 19. I think that's where I'm going here. Let me make sure. All right, yes. Romans 6 and 19, KJ, King James. I speak after the man of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Somebody say righteousness. Unto holiness. Unto is a preposition in the English language. Like I was saying, it means you're going from one state to the next. What is Paul trying to communicate to the Romans? What I love about Paul, the way Paul taught, when when the gospel of Christ was revealed to Paul, what I love about Paul, Paul did not try to change it. He did not try to alter it. He just received it and he taught it in his purest form. Now, what I learned about Paul, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, those three chapters. In Romans 6, he taught the church that when you are reborn, when you become born again, he said you are now righteous, meaning your status is changed. Heaven has taken your name, wrote it in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have now moved into heaven's roll book, right? So Romans chapter 8 and 1, Paul says, there's no condemnation to you. If you're going after the spirit, your status has now changed. So what he was trying to tell you is, when you are walking in this Christian walk, when you're moving from righteousness unto holiness you traveling your status change he say now that unto is going to be bumpy it's going to be rocky he used terms like I die daily he used the terms that there's no more I that live but Christ he started talking using the parable Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a man he said then it grows what he was trying to show you is when you come to God your status changed, but your journey has just begun alright now you start moving unto holiness. You're starting to move toward what God has called. You're starting, you starting to move to holiness is when everything about you is dead and there's no more you is all Jesus. Amen. There's no more you is all Jesus. Right? Now, that is the, this journey from righteousness to holiness is the most challenging journey you ever going to face in your life. Y'all heard what I just said? This is the most challenging thing you ever going to do in your life. Now, when you come to Romans chapter 7, in between chapter 6 and 8, now Paul is going to show you the struggle. He's going to show you. Look what Paul said, and as I was reading this, he started telling Jesus this. He would have a study session and he would go into to the book of Matthew or something and he would read and he would see what Jesus said this. Jesus would say, It's not what's going in a man that defiles a man. He said, But it's what's coming out of him that defiles him. Jesus said, Because what comes out of the man is evil thoughts, murders, blasphemies. What Jesus was teaching is this. The problem, the disobedience, the sin, it starts from within. By the time we see it, that's just a manifestation of something that started within. And Paul would read that and Paul would say, hold on. He was was in Philippians and he said, when it came to being a Pharisee, I was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. When it came to the law, I was blameless. When it came to my religion, I excelled above all of my peers. Everything they taught in my denomination, I carried it to a T. He said, but then I met Christ. He said, and when I met Christ, he started telling me that everything I learned was dumb. He said everything. I, he said, and why was it done? Because Paul, you are keeping all of the law, but you are hateful man. And hate can be covered up. Hate can be masqueraded. You can speak to somebody and say good morning, and in your mind you plotting their demise. So Jesus said, Paul. According to the law, the external, it was okay if you didn't commit adultery. He said, that's fine. He said, it's okay if you don't carry it out under Moses. He said, but I say there's a problem with that. Because the committing of the adultery is just the end of the act. He said, but the real problem is when you look into lust. He say, the problem is not the act. The problem is the setup. He say, Paul, the problem is not the act. The problem is the setup. Because the setup can take a long time. It can be Hidden. It could be plotted. It could be. That's why even in stages of murder, they have negligent homicide, second degree, third degree, first degree is when you premeditate and you plot it out and you plan it. Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to destroy the wicked planning that goes on in our mind. Because if I can deal with you at the planning level, we'll never get to the act. So Paul would read these things and he would, he would, when he would read that, okay, so you don't even want me to plan it. You, you don't even want me to think about it. <laughs> you, you don't even want me to talk about it. You don't even want me to meditate on it. Moses said, I can look at her up and down, but now you saying don't even look. Hold on, hold on. Because Moses said, I can go do everything and just throw a bull. But you saying that don't work no more. And Paul started sitting down and he said, okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. I want to do that. But Paul said, I want to do that. I just can't. I don't know how. Everything you tell me, Jesus, this is how you pray for real. Everything you tell me, I have no objections. I don't disagree with you at all. In fact, I consent to the law. It's good. But there's a law. Something is every time I, 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 every time I tell myself, I'm moving away from that. It calls me. Every time I look, something reminds me of her. I can't, I can't get her off of my mind. I know you're telling me don't do it, but it's, it, man, it's on my mind. I'm thinking about it. I want to do it. And Paul is talking to Christ, and he said, "Okay," he said, "Okay, okay, okay. something, something is going on." in me. Because if I agree with you that your word is right, but I can't do something is wrong. Paul said something is going on inside of me. And God allowed Paul to go through that so that we can understand what the Christian process is like. Human beings' intelligence has evolved to the greatest is ever been in the history of the world. but That is prophetically spoken by Daniel. But Daniel said in the last days knowledge would be increased. And what has happened is the advancement of human intelligence has given us more ways to hide who we really are. Phones have been invented and social media has been invented and what we can do is we can take inspirational quotes And create profile pictures and put ourselves in different destinations and create an image because of who we are and what we do in church and our title. And we can show the world what we really want them to see. You can control what you show the world. You can be at home crying over what you're battling with and put a smiling picture on Facebook to make people think everything's okay and at home you're depressed. And so this is how God wants us to pray. God, I know what I'm putting on Facebook. I've got to put this image up. But I'm really a broken man. I'm so damaged sometimes I don't even want to get out of this bed. I don't feel like going to work today, but I got to pay my bills. I don't even feel like dealing with these people. In fact, I don't even want nobody calling me, looking at me, leave me, let me be. This is how God wants you to pray. God don't want you coming to him praying like you just some big old have it all. Remember, you are on a journey. You traveling, God. I know you told me leave her alone. And she married to somebody else. But I want her. How you going to get free if you don't pray like that? How you, how you going to get free with all these cute prayers? How you, why you think you're still struggling? You're still in bondage. And then what happens is you fall in these things and you forget your status. Just because you make a mistake, your status don't change from righteous to unrighteous until you start walking in it. When you start walking in that unrighteousness, that's when heaven blots your name out of the book. But if you're righteous and you make a mistake, you come before God in honesty and humility and transparency. Say, oh, it's me again, God. I failed the same thing, but I don't have a desire to quit. I just can't beat it. I don't want to get out of the race. I'm just tired of God. And this is how you got to say, God, why I can't beat this? God, why am I still struggling in the same area? Why? This is how you pray. You don't quit when you make a mistake. You don't let, that's why Paul gave you doctrine in Romans 8, there's no condemnation if your mind is still to follow the spirit. The word condemned, let me clear something up to you. <laughs> the word condemned. You can't feel condemnation. What you feel is guilt and shame. Condemnation, because when you destroy a building, when you render something unfit. God is saying, listen church, I'm not rendering you unfit because you made a mistake. That's serious right there. Because when you make a mistake in Christ, what you're going to feel is embarrassed. Just like any relationship. When you breach the relationship, you're going to feel some embarrassment. You're going to feel some shame. That's not a condemnation. Condemnation is when God says, I don't want to deal with you no more. And God won't say that. You have to say that. God will never say, you can't make it. God would never say, I'm tired of you. God, No, you got to say that. It's in your heart when you let that guilt and that shame overwhelm you to the point of getting out of the race. Oh, my God. That's why Paul said, I got to make a confession. Because God, now that I'm learning how much you really love me. Because <laughs> now that I'm learning how much you really care. And now that I'm learning about the goodness of God that will lead a man to repentance, I got to talk to you about something. That person that sit behind me in church, I can't stand their guts. Lord have mercy, if we can get the church to pray for real. <laughs> if, we can, if we can get the saints of God to pray for real. But you can't pray for real until you learn doctrine. Because doctrine is the foundation of your prayer because it teaches you how to pray. It's the foundation of everything you do. You've got to have good doctrine in your life because good doctrine keeps you. Good doctrine will trump your emotions because your emotions are like a roller coaster. They're, when you feel it, you do it. When you don't feel it, you don't do it. But good doctrine says do the word. The good doctrine is going to tell you don't be a forgetful hearer of the word. How you feel ain't got nothing to do with it. Say, I don't feel it, but I'm righteous and I'm going to do it. Good doctrine is going to tell you, I don't feel saved today, but I am saved. Oh yeah, I'm battling with my desires, I'm an emotional wreck, my mind is all over the place, but I'm still God's daughter. Status in heaven don't change on that roadbook book until you walk away. <laughs> I don't care how much you're struggling. I don't care how much you're battling. As long as your mind is to keep going after the spirit, God is right there. Man, I love how Paul wrote this. So I'm back with my counselor. I got to stay focused because my counselor cued me. I got to remember I'm preaching a sermon. Got to stay focused. It's my counselor today. I'm praying, honey. But think about it, though. Think about it, though. Remember what I said. Advice. The first thing you need to do is know yourself. Because your enemy can only fight you with you. The enemy can only fight you with you. So the longer you spend denying the person you really are, the harder it's going to be for you to advance. If you can't admit that you're struggling, then you never can get free from it. One of the biggest tricks I've seen the devil do is somebody get a reputation and that reputation becomes a stumbling block. Because you've got, this is an image society. It's it's an image society. And we have to keep our Christian image right. It's an image society. It's not a society concerned with righteousness and holiness and doing whatever I got to do to be saved. No, it's a society that's more concerned with the image I project versus being pure on the inside. There's a difference because to be pure on the inside, sometimes God will have to embarrass you to bring you down. And sometimes you may have to look bad in front of people to get free. I've got Bible on that. Do you think Nebuchadnezzar was walking in dignity when God sent him to eat grass like a cow? That was the most embarrassing time of his life, but it saved his life. God had to embarrass him to save him. So look what Paul said. He said, okay, God. I'm trying to understand how this righteousness to holiness process work, And I'm discovering I'm learning some things about myself. I've been in church a long time, but I'm really not a good person. That's hard right there. That's, that's hard right there. I'm mean. I was thinking about something last week. I said, God, because I was, I said, God, when I read your word, the emotions of the kingdom of God, of righteousness, joy, peace, love, meekness, gentleness, kindness, that is the emotions of heaven. When you get heaven, that's the vibe of heaven. The vibe of heaven is meekness. (laughs) gentleness, kindness and I say God that's the reality is most of the Christians that I met in this 20 plus years they not like that I said God I've literally encountered some very nasty Christian disguised people This is me. Y'all want to peep inside of who I am? (laughs) But this is my world. I think like that. I say, God, the reality is most of the people that I've encountered in my dealings as being identified with Christians, most of the people I've met not like what I read. I say, God, I've been in all kind of, I've been pretty much in the church world since I was a little kid. And I just started thinking, going back 12, 13, 10, and I say, man, God, I say, God, and this is where Paul was. Paul said, I've been in the the Pharisees' sect uh, as long as I can remember. But as soon as somebody said they was following Christ, I wanted to kill." Paul said, I was at the top of my religion and I was a killer. He said, I was an injurious man, meaning I would injure people that disagree with me. I love Paul. He's a real guy. He's a real guy. You rather real people around you because at least you're going to know where they stand and you won't have to guess. If you got people in your circle that you got to guess, you might want to start doing some evaluating. Could you rather somebody that can just tell you how they really feel? And then y'all can work through that. Paul was telling Jesus, this is how I really feel. That's all God wants. God wants you when you come to prayer. Tell him what's really on your mind. What you really struggling with, what you really battling, saying, God, listen, church was good, but I couldn't wait to get to my cigarette. Y'all don't get quiet on me. Please don't get quiet on me. Say, God, church is good, and I see all this Holy Ghost thing going on, but I rather my drinks. Because every, when I was in the world, I would drink to escape. That's how you get free. That's how you get free. As you, and see, when you start getting real like that, then the devil can't do you nothing. He, because listen, y'all, he's the accuser of the brethren. But how are you going to tell on me when I already told on myself? How you going to go accuse me to God and I already know my attitude bad. I already know I'm struggling. I already know I'm filthy. I already know my mind is jacked up. I know this already. So how you going to accuse somebody that ain't scared to tell on they self? Because what he does, he goes before God to every time you make a mistake, he can go before God to try to turn God on you. Oh, but y'all better him in church. Something just been revealed to me. The devil moved God against Job. He said, you move me against Job without a cause. So Paul said, in the New Testament, God made a change. Nobody can be, I can't be moved against nobody no more because if they righteous, they righteous. And if they travel in the holiness, you can't accuse them before me because I'm looking at their status and nothing you can say can move me against them. Heaven made that amendment. They say I will no longer be moved against. So listen, people of God, God is not against you. Because that's why the apostle came back and he said, greater is he that is for you. Then Paul began to write like this. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? He was giving you doctrine. Nobody can charge you with anything because now you are God's elected. And when you get that in your mind, even when you're battling and you're coming through your struggles, I am God's elected. You need to declare that over yourself right when you're battling, right when you're struggling, say, I'm elected. I'm elected. I'm elected. When your emotions all over the place, I'm elected. When your mind is on something disobedient, I'm elected. Because when you walk in doctrine, you don't walk in emotions. For the Christian that walks in emotions is a child in the faith. (laughs) Kapal said, let us be no more children. Toast to and fro. When you toss to and fro in your mind and in your posture and in your energy and in your attitude and service, you are childish in the faith. Because if you let any circumstance and and, and situation dictate the energy you give to God, you, my friend, are still growing in the faith. But a mature Christian doesn't let the ebbs and flows of life take their praise, take their worship take thing. Th- you can't take it because I'm blessed anyway I know it look bad, I don't know I'm a- that doesn't change the status of me being blessed, I'm just in a trial you don't know how many Christians fall out of the race because they don't know doctrine and they don't know word and your emotions can give you bad information but sure, you are a person battling fear Right? Why would you say that? You scared of everything. You scared to go to school. You scared to talk in front of people. Scared to sing. Scared to learn. Scared to read. Scared. But that's fear. But when you come to God, God is not afraid of anything. All God wants to do is pull you forward and bring you into what He has called you to be. And guess who's going to be battling you to embrace who you are? Fear. Y'all, everybody faces fear. I faced it. But there's some things that God has shown me even walking with him. I say, man, can I do that? Can I? That's fear talking to you. And when you pray, you got to be like David. David said, this poor man cried. I love that. He's saying God heard him and delivered him. Out of all of his fears, he was the king on the throne when he said fear was still battling him. Fear will keep you mediocre because God is going to call you to new heights and new levels and to do things that you never thought you could do. And guess what's stopping you? You're afraid. <laughs> You're afraid to break barriers that's been in your family because you're afraid that people that you've been connected to may see you different. And therefore, when you try to go forward, that fear is going to grab you and say, you can't be that. Y'all listen, humans have internal wars Mm -hmm. every day. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Every day. And that's what Paul said. Look how he said this. Oh, but the Lord have mercy. Somebody say, I'm in a war. Listen to what Paul said. I love this. Let's go to the King James and Romans 7. Man, this is amazing how he said this. Verse 22. This is the key right here. And this is where some bad doctrine was born. (laughs) Right here. (laughs) Paul said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That's the part where people say, God know my heart. That part right there, that's when people say, he know my heart. He know I didn't mean, he know. No. There's a colon right there. God does know that in your heart you want to serve him. But look at what he said after that. He said, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Y'all, listen to me. Every time you try to go forward in life, war is going to break out. You know what a war is for? A war is to advance your agenda and take over new territories. And God is all about advancement. God is all about taking over new territory, sending you further and beyond what you ever thought. That's just how God is designed. And there is no advancement without war. Every time God is calling you to new territory, war is going to break out within you, around you, everywhere. It's going to come in your mind. It's going to come from the enemy. It's going to come from your family, your friends. Paul said, I find a law warring in my mind. And the only thing that gives that war strength is that old man. That's why you've got to know him. Because when the old man is dead, the war is over. Whew. I know I'm giving y'all a lot. <laughs> but that's okay. Because too many people, listen y'all, right here. That that verse Paul just read, that's why you have different churches. That scripture right there, when Paul said, I delight after the law of God in the inward man. And what happens is, when human beings get in their struggles, and instead of them confessing it and keep going, moving to Christ to free them, they so intelligent. You can take and justify your behaviors. You can literally justify any behavior you want to do with a scripture. That's scary, right there. <laughs> that's one of the scariest things that you're gonna find in the Christian walk, and that's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because what the Holy Ghost is going to tell you, keep reading. Holy Ghost is going to tell you, keep reading. Yes, God does know your heart. And God sees your war. But Paul said it like this. So at the conclusion of all the war that Paul was facing with his internal self, he made a conclusion. Oh, wretched man (laughs) that I am. What Paul was saying is, This Christian walk, it can drive you crazy. Because you literally start fighting your own self. Anybody ever had a fight with their own self? See, I didn't think I was going to get that many hands. (laughs) What you say, priest? You're tired of fighting. Huh? But this is what the Lord told me to tell you. I understand you. That's a break. That's that's a joke breaking statement from heaven right there. I understand the war. I need you to be honest about the war. God say, I understand the war. How beautiful is it? Because here's the difference in Jesus and Paul. <laughs> Jesus knew no sin. So he didn't have an old man to crucify. He didn't come up in visa around gangbangers and drug dealers. And he didn't see abusive relationship. He didn't didn't come out of the world. He was born with the Holy Ghost. Paul, on the other hand, was not born saved. (laughs) And he had developed an old personality. So God had to give somebody the intelligence, somebody that was intelligent enough, the experience of walking Christianity out. And being able to come back and write and explain to you what you're dealing with. You needed somebody like Paul that came out of the world. That could face himself in the mirror and confess before God. Everything you're saying is true. That's just not what I want to do. But I agree with you. How many of you agree with God? Keep your hand right there. Don't drop it yet. How many of you agree that everything that God wrote is good and the best way to live your life? How many of you, be honest with me, how many of you struggle to obey it, though? She put two hands up. See, that's why you're going to get somewhere in this thing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love that. Because what happens is, until you agree with God, see, do y'all remember I preached that sermon to y'all a while back, don't write your own Bible? But when you write your own Bible, you disagree with God. And what you're telling God is, I have a preferential way, I have my own preferences of how I want to handle this. That may not sound like much to you, but that, my friends, is why we have Catholics, Baptists, Pentecostals, Apostolic. <laughs> because they don't agree with God. When you agree with God, you just take His word, you read it, you understand it, you be honest with him until you can obey it. You don't go in it to try to build something around your views. Oh, my God, that's heavy. That's heavy. So Paul said, let me give you this right here. So I think y'all got the point. Verse 24. Look what he said. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life is dominated by sin and death. Listen, y'all. And I want to share something with you. you. God has created freedom. In Christ Jesus. Y'all heard what I just said? (laughs) You literally can be free from every personality disorder that you picked up in sin. The only way you can get free though, you gotta confess that you are wretched. Take them crowns, lay them to the side. When you come before Jesus, the only way to come before him, I agree with you. I just don't feel like doing it. Help me. Listen, (laughs) this is what freedom looks like. (laughs) Freedom looks like this. It's not in your mind. It's not in your thoughts. (laughs) It has no influence on you. If something influences you, you're not free from if you can still feel it bother you, that's not freedom. Freedom is when there's no trace of it. When you can't even, the smell don't bother you no more. When the text can be ignored without a fight. If there's still a fight, you're still in a war. When God spoke house of freedom to my spirit, he said, this is what I want. Free from sin, free from Satan, and free from men. The first thing you should experience when you meet Christ, you should be able to get free from any sin you ever was bound in. The second thing you should experience when you walk in with Christ, Satan should not have no domination in any area of your life, period. And when I say free from men... Any bad teachings that will cause you to walk and justify a behavior that's not God. You're not supposed to have human influence on your Christian walk. Humans are called to represent Christ, not reinvent Christ. Listen. Men are called to represent Christ, not to invent Christ. When Christ calls you the kingdom of Simon, he's calling you to represent everything he is about. Hence, he says, if I be lifted up. If I be lifted up. I would draw all men, all types of personalities. I would draw drug dealers, rapists, murderers, pedophiles, hypocrites. People that's been sitting in church all day life, one day they're going to hear an anointed message. I will draw them too. I submit something to you. Would you be willing to say the, the sin of hypocrisy is like a pandemic? Hypocrisy in the church world is like a pandemic. It's everywhere, and it can hit anybody. Somebody say, oh, God, I love your word. I'm not going to twist it. I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to try to make it fit me. I agree with it. Help me to do it. Ooh, that's a mature prayer. Oh, my God. You ever had something of behavior that you just didn't want to let go? Where y'all hands at? Nobody? Dolly, you never had something you just didn't want to let go? <laughs> Man. Let me finish this up. Let's go to Romans 18. Uh-uh. Luke, you okay, Counselor? You ain't even preach on me today. Because <laughs> I you can't preach on me if I preach on myself. How you how you gonna wear me out when I wear my own self-ide? See when you want it bad enough, you don't need somebody to jump on you. Lord Jesus. Let me finish this up and do. I'm about to help you. We're about to go. Y'all enjoying this so far? Amen. Luke 18. And y'all know why I preach like this? Let me tell y'all why I preach like this. Because I'm just real like that. Y'all know there's no topic off limits to me. You know why there's no topic off limits to me? Because the things you don't want to talk about, the devil whipping people with. So you can't be afraid to touch any topic because the things you're afraid to talk about, the devil lives in secrecy. The devil lives in darkness. And when you afraid to put when you're afraid to shine lights on things, you're giving him the freedom to operate. He don't like dark light. Look at this in Luke chapter 18. All right. We didn't ready to wrap this up. Somebody say, I want to be, be free. Amen. You even got to be honest with your prayer life. Say, Lord, my prayer life's so dry, it's like a river with no water in it. It just cracks at the bottom. Say, Lord, the only time I pray is at church. But I don't want to be like that. I want to have a good prayer life. Uh, Help me to put away things that's distracting me. Listen, I'm trying to teach you how to pray real prayers because real prayers going to bring you closer to God. Say, God, I don't know the last time I studied my Bible. I I can't even tell you the last time your word was even interesting to me. (sighs) Confessions. Because this is what confession does. Listen to me good. To be one that walks in a confessionary type of life, that is a person that's willing to take accountability for everything that happens. My part in it. Accountability just means what was my part in it. And I'm right here because of me. Amen? All right. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everybody else. I'm going to read that again. Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everybody else. You ever look down on somebody? You've been saved about three years, put away a few things, put a few habits away. And you go around your family and instead of trying to help them, you like, why are you giggling? Show me some hands. Nobody in guilty like that? Okay, all right. There's a few of y'all. Bless y'all a little heart there. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. And the other, look at this, a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. Oh, my God. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. First of all, what kind of prayer is that? What kind of prayer is that? You got to be... Like, of the utmost hypocritical spirit to go before God thanking Him that you're not like somebody else. Don't compare yourself to how far you are in the kingdom because 99 and, nine and a half ain't good enough. If you got one spot, you can't get in. So, just because you made it to 99, why would you despise the man that's at 50? I thank God I'm not like other people. Look what he say: Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. Listen, y'all. This conversation was going on in somebody's head in church. It say these people were in the temple praying. And while Jesus was looking at the church, he was like, I really have people in my house that's thankful that they're not as bad as the lady that just came in trying to find me. How did I get to the point where people sitting in my house without a heart for the prostitute? The prostitute comes in and she can't even feel welcome because all the sedentic Christians looking down on them. You don't say that, but that's the vibe you give. A sinner should feel welcome when they come visit your church because such were some of you. You used to sell your body to pay your rent. Now you want to act like because you haven't done it in five years that you don't. You forgot what manner of person you were. You forgot that you used to send your kids to get babysat so Johnny can come to help you pay your light bill? How do we forget when people first come into Jesus what kind of person we were? How do we forget every mistake you made put you on the same level as the worst sinner that walked through that door? Proud church world. She just prances like a peacock, like she's so proud, and they got so much division in the church. The church has nothing to be proud for until she can humble herself and be at peace with one another. Why are we so proud, and we can't even speak to people unless we go to the church together? What are we proud of? And we got people hurting and damaged and bruised. We got all kind of denominations and religions, and we just prancing around like we some great Christians and we can barely get along unless we go to the same address. What are we proud of? What are we, what we proud of? We're proud of our bins. We're proud of our house. We're proud of our Lexus. We're proud of the blessings of God. No, what we need to be proud of is when we can humble ourselves and sit at the table, blessed are the peacemakers, because that's God's children. What are we proud of? What are, what are we proud of? We can barely get along, but we're proud. What are we proud of? Oh, the church should be weeping and wailing at our condition. There's nothing to be proud of. People angry with one another, people hating one another. People can't get along. There's nothing to be proud of. But this is how because we're prancing in the temple. And we throwing our titles around. And if we got X amount of followers, we, God must be with us. Look, my crowd. I see why prophets died. I'll probably die one day, but it's okay. One thing you don't have to worry about is I'm a straight shooter. Listen. We can't be proud with all that division. There's nothing to be proud of. We should be mourning and weeping because it's disgusting in his nostrils. God say, find me a man that's going to get in the middle. That ain't even in my sermon. That ain't even in my sermon. Come on, church world. Let's do this. The, the, so the other man walked in church. First of all, God wants people to feel welcome in His house. Lose the air against. Please. Can we lose it? Can, can we drop the airs? And let sinners that's looking for Jesus. Y'all, see, this is not a new problem. This is an old problem. This is a biblical New Testament problem. Jesus was healing people and a Greek came by and he said, we would see Jesus. And one of them in his inner circle say, they coming to see us. That's the problem. We think people coming to see us. Nobody coming to see you. People depressed. They mind all jacked up. They fighting. They battling lust and adultery and addictions. And you standing in the pulpit like they coming to see you. Nobody came to see you, Otis. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a new problem. They got in Jesus in a circle and they, the Greeks were over there, the Gentiles. And they say, we will see Jesus. I heard about him. I need him to help me. Can I get to him? And the disciples start screening him. Ooh. See, how can you be a Jesus follower and screen people credentials to get to Jesus? They started screening his calls and say, hey, Jesus, this Greek over here. not in our group he want to see you Jesus said they didn't come to see you get out the way let them people get to me church listen people are turned off from church because of the church I'm going to say that again with both feet on the ground people are turned off from church because of the church they want Jesus they just don't want the hypocritical church people you know how many people say, I'd rather watch it online? I want Jesus. I just don't want the drama, the mess, but I want Jesus. And therefore, we must humble ourselves so that the world can get to Jesus without us being in their way. If you having these wars, don't share that with sinners that's trying to get to Jesus. Don't, don't you don't, you're going to have these wars, but what's in the house, stay in the house. How you going to blast the church at work and then invite them to church? You just finished destroying them. Oh, but yeah, come with me. And they're going to be like, oh, okay. I'll be there Sunday. Yeah, I'm coming. Hey, I'm coming. I'll be there. <laughs> and they go back and they say, can you believe she asked me to come to her church? We've been gossiping about six hours and now she wants me to come to church. I ain't going over there. I'm trying to help y'all. The, the, the despised tax collector, look what he did. The Bible said he walked in church like this. The Bible said he didn't even want to pick his head up. He came to church like this. Man, I need something from God. And, and, and 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 man, if I could just, the Bible say he just was hitting his chest. Man, God, I'm tired of stealing these people money. I'm tired of sneaking around. I'm tired of being mean-spirited. I'm, I'm just, man, I just, man, I, I don't want to be like this. I, man, I want to be there for, I, and th- that's how he came to church. And Jesus looked over there and said, he left church service justified. But that other one, he prayed to himself. Listen to me, y'all. Y'all catch this. Your heart posture determines if your prayer travels. Because the angels come in the service. And they're looking for the right heart posture. To carry them prayers before God, the Bible says your tears are in a bottle at God's altar. When you come into church, broken and humble, those angels are monitoring your spirit, and they going—they're taking the prayers of the humble and bringing them petitions before God. But the hypocrites, your, tra- your prayer travels as far as the scientific velocity of your voice. That's it. If it get to the ceiling, bless God. But you leave unchanged. But when you come in broken, and you, the Bible says a broken spirit, he can't despise it. Oh my God, let us stand up. We about to go. Let us stand up. We about to go. We about to go. <laughs> we about to go. The most transparent moments of your life, should be prayer. Y'all listening? Because in prayer, you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to masquerade anything. You don't have to impress God. You don't have to... In prayer, that's when you can be your most vulnerable self. Listen to me, y'all. Vulnerability is what causes bonding in relationships. When you let your heart be vulnerable to somebody you're in a relationship with, that's where the bonding comes from. That's why God wants the heart. Because the heart is the innermost being of a man. And that's what a man protects the most. Because when your heart opens up and connects to something, all of your gift, your talent, your resources is unlocked when your heart is touched. When your heart is after something, Jesus said it like this. Where your heart is, your treasure will be there. See, when your heart is in something, everything about you follows it. And that's what God is after. And he wanted me to let you know to pray from your heart, to pray from those, to pray from where your demons live. And don't have a little closet in your life where you hide your little demon and then at the right time you let them out the closet. no. Talk to God about those struggles. Talk to God about those battles. Talk to God about, I mean, literally developing your mind from this day forward. When I pray, God is going to know everything about me. I'm not hiding from him any longer. When he deals with me in an area, I'm going to admit it. And nobody's going to have to accuse me because I'm going to let him know first before you can accuse me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm thinking about this woman as we get ready to pray. The Bible says that this woman had a daughter. And it says the woman's daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. A child was possessed. And she went to Jesus, and she wasn't a Jew. She was Syrophoenician. She was... And this story touches me because a lot of times what happens is people let Gentiles or people that's in the world get more from God than they do, and they God's own children. And that woman went to God and she told God. She said, she was she, she told Jesus, she said, Jesus, my child is vexed with a devil. He didn't even answer her. Because he wasn't even supposed to answer her. The woman prayed and got no answer. But she had a problem. And Jesus didn't answer the woman because she prayed again. And she kept asking him, she said, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me, my child. And Jesus said, woman, when he finally answered, he said, it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to dogs. He was speaking to her personality. He was speaking to her character. Can he said, why should I give the bread of heaven to somebody that's not living right? And then the woman said, Lord, true. I am a dog. I ain't nothing but a dog. Low down, dirty. I got some things going on in my mind that if I, I'm disgusting." But even a dog can get a crumb that fall from the master's table. And a crumb from Jesus' table can break every generational curse, everything you're dealing with. All you need is a crumb off of his table to literally shift your whole life. The point he was trying to make, is: don't you ever stop. Calling on Jesus. Don't you ever be too arrogant to call upon him. Don't you ever think he won't help you. He helped a dog. He helped a woman that wasn't even remotely thinking about living right. But people sit in churches and act like they got it together and won't ask for help. They say, don't let a dog get more from God than you. Oh my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus is here. Amen. I want to invite y'all to the altar today. Amen. I want to pray with you today. Praise God. Every one of you. Amen. I want to invite y'all to the altar. I want to pray with you today. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you. Amen. I want to pray. And I want you to know. I want you to know because I can feel your hearts are touched, tender, broken. Hallelujah. Now is the time for us to be humble before God. Because Paul said we all have fallen short of his glory and that statement right there gives you the permission the comfort and the safety to be vulnerable before him there's nobody at this altar that don't need help from Jesus nobody we all need help you don't have to impress Jesus You, you don't have to act like you got it all together You don't don't have to put on airs when you come before Jesus. You don't have to do none of that when you come before Jesus. That's why I love him so much. You can come before him with all your mistakes, with all of your struggles, with all of your battles, with all of your wars. And if you would be humble enough to confess those things before him. Hallelujah, The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you. Hallelujah. Not only to forgive you, but to clean you from all unrighteousness. With every head bowed. Say, Lord Jesus, I humble myself before you. With all of my flaws, with all of my mistakes, but all of my baggage but all of my issues I know them you know them forgive me help me help me to obey you help me to overcome hallelujah Lord Jesus and the Bible says whosoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved the lord wants you to know right now that you are forgiven hallelujah hallelujah i hear the lord say i don't care how bad it was (laughs) i hear the lord say i don't care how many times you did it (laughs) because you heard my voice i've sent you a word to create an environment For you to come humbly and confess your faults. And I'm here to forgive you, said the Lord. Hallelujah. No matter how broken you are. Hallelujah. No matter how damaged you are. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. No matter how violated you may have been that caused you to go into bad behaviors. No matter. Hallelujah, Lord, no matter how damaged you may be. The Lord says, I want you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Hallelujah, Lord. The Lord says, come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden and burdened. He said, today I've come to give you rest. For your soul the Lord says you've been warring you've been tauling but you are forgiven you are loved the Lord says stop allowing your emotions to dominate your life and stand on my word I'm not against you I'm not here to condemn you I came to save you. I hear the Lord says, Give me your heart. It's safe with me. Oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. (laughs) The Lord says, You have been holding back because you've been damaged. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. The Lord says, I understand you, but I made you. He said, I want to heal you. I want to put you back together. I want to put my spirit back in you. God says, open your heart to me again. Let me love you. I know all of your hurts. I know all of your pain. I know all of your brokenness, but let me love you again. Surrender to me. Let me love you again. God say, give me another chance. Don't walk away from me because you've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been damaged. Open your heart to me again, says God. God say, I love you with an everlasting love. Give me your heart again, says the Lord. Come on, let it flow. Give me your heart again, says the Lord. Come on, let it flow. Give me your heart again, says the Lord. Yes. Come on, let it flow, my brother. Yes, Jesus. Come on, Jesus has met you at this altar, young man. Yes. Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. That's Jesus. Come on, let him flood your heart with his spirit. With his love, you are forgiven. The mercies of the Lord are new every day. you told God I need something from you this weekend (laughs) you told him you needed something (laughs) yes God has met you here (laughs) come on come on let it flow let it flow let it flow (laughs) yes this is the rest for the people of God Come on, let the Holy Ghost flood this place. Come on up here, Joseph. Let me pray for you, right, Queen? Come on, come on, Joseph. Let me pray for you. Come on, Saints, pray with us. Come on, God doing some beautiful things in this place. Come on, Lee, come pray for you real. Come on, the Bible says we nourish and cherish. Come on, yes, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, I command it right now, God. Come on, you love God. You love God. You love God. God said, return unto me with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, this is a glorious day in heaven. Hearts are turning. Hearts are turning to Jesus. There are so many people in here that love the Lord. God, know how bad you want to please them. God, let it, come on, let it flow, let it flow come on let it flow let it flow you and jesus come on you and jesus come on you and jesus come on let it flow god said, i give power to the faint and to him that have no might i increase strength come on that's the holy ghost all up on you let it flow come on ain't nothing wrong with some restoration ain't nothing wrong with some restoration (laughs) Come on, you've been battling. You've been warned. Come on, warrior. Come on, come on. Let it all go. Leave it at this altar. Come on, leave it at this altar. Don't take it with you. Come on, lay your burden at this altar. Come on, come on. Cast your burden on the Lord. Yes, let it flow. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on Come on, come on, come on Come on, that's it Come on, he's breaking some things off of you Yes, woman of God, come on Yes Yes Come on, come on, come on Come on, come on, come on Yes, God strengthen the God come on receive the Holy Ghost church God said there's been a famine come on his people are hungry his people are dry his people thirsty come on God say receive the Holy Ghost come on let it refresh you. God say the famine is over come on God say the famine is over the famine is over come on the famine is over he say for in the last days I'm pouring out of my spirit on all flesh Come on, he said, I'm pouring out of my spirit on all flesh. Come on, God say, some of you need to be refilled all over again. Come on, God say, some of you need to be refilled. Let it flow. He said, I came to visit you today. Let him refill you. Let him restore you. The times of refreshing. Times of Refreshing. Come on, the Lord say, the famine is over. God say, I'll make a way in the wilderness. God say, you've been in the desert, but I'm sending a river in the desert. Come on, day that hunger and thirst shall be filled. God say, are you hungry for me today? Are you thirsting for me today? Are you hungering for me today? Are you thirsting for me today? I've come to fill you. I've come to feel you. I've come to feel you. I've come to feel you, said God. I've come to feel you, said God. I've come to feel you, said God. Come on, God, say, I've come to feel you. 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 The Lord say every barrier is broken. Everything you're battling with. God say I'm giving you the power. Every addiction I'm breaking it. Depression I command you to go. In Jesus name. Leave this place. Come on there's a strong spirit of depression in this place. Some of you, you brought it in here with you. God said, I command it to be broken. God said, you're smiling in public but crying in private. God said, I've come to give you true joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. God said, your smile can be real. Your joy can be full. <laughs> Yes, Jesus. Receive it. Come on, receive it. Come on, receive it. Come on, receive it, church. That's all I hear the Lord saying. If you would just let me in. If you would just let me in. He said, behold, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. If you would just let me in. He said, if you would just let me in. Just let me in. They say just let me in I'm knocking I'm knocking Let me in I'm knocking I'm knocking I'm knocking Let me in I'm knocking I'm knocking I'm knocking I'm knocking Come on let him in let him in 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 Come on come on let him in yes come on let him in come on let him in come on come on come on come on he's filling you up receive it come on let him in let him in he's filling you up come on come on he's filling you up let him in Come on, he's filling you up. Let him in. Every yoke destroyed. Come on, that's it. Let it flow. Yes, Chief. Come on, Joseph. Let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, let it flow. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, God. Come on, the Lord says. Come on, the Lord says. That homosexual spirit can go back to where it comes from. Come on, church, pray with me. Pray with me. Come on, you never know what somebody been battling. God say homosexuality, I'm sending you back. Some things Jesus just cursed at the root. Come on, I curse that spirit. In Jesus' name. There's freedom in Christ. come on as we get ready to leave this place just for a few moments lift up your hands right where you are come on let the Holy Ghost flow come on we get ready to go come on church as we get ready to go as we get ready to go yes Come on, flow, Holy Ghost. Flow, Holy Ghost. Come on, the Bible says quench not the spirit of God. Come on, some of you, you quenching that spirit. Come on, let him come out of your belly. Release that Holy Ghost. Come on, you got to release that thing. Let God heal you. Let him heal you. Come on, you got to release it. You got to let it flow, says God. That's where your healing is. That's where your strength is. It's in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Refresh us, oh God. Amando no no roboko robobo boko shaba baba baka ya donosi imando nuba kasha ya mama mama so yender rema mama mama kora mama masi imana ma yanda nama mama so come on we getting ready to go imando imama the Bible says there was a sound that came like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the place. Ready to go. Come on, we're getting ready to go. Come on, we're getting ready to go. mama my, 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 my soul. Come on, you're working through some things. You're working through some things. You're working through some things. Come on, God pulling you through some things right now. Come on, He pulling you through, He pulling you through. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. You're in surgery right now. Come on, let them operate on your heart. Ruma si Come on, saints of God. Come on, saints of God. Come on, saints of God. Come on, saints of God push through. Come on. The Bible say tear it you've been doing with power. Come on. Push through. Come on. Come on. Come on. Up your hands and just thank him right now as we get right out of Come on, let it flow. Go ahead, let it flow, let it flow. I'm not gonna, That's the problem in the church world today. We rush God, and people have detrimental life issues, and they come to church to get what they need, and we rush the Holy Ghost. Amen. People need this kind of church. You never know the wars and the battles people face. Come on, come on. Come on, that's a deep wound right there, God healing. Come on, come on, that's a deep wound That's deep, that's a deep wound That's her spirit praying Come on, that's her soul groaning to her God Come on, come on, let it all out Come on, let it all out Come on church, we gotta support one another Come on, that's a deep wound cry right there That's not a regular cry That's a cry of years Come on, you're in a safe place This God's house Come on, you're in a safe place. This is God's house. You're in your father's house. Hallelujah. It's a safe house. You're safe here. Nobody judging you. Thing you said at this altar, he heard you. Amen. New freedom. Fresh thought. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can, we just need a fresh thought. Amen. Paul said, walk in newness of life. And remember, there's no condemnation on you. Heaven is for you. Not against you. You're going to get it working this day, you're going to get it. you walk walking this day. Never be abandoned again. Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You will never be abandoned again, says God. And all of the mind battles that come from being abandoned the mistrust, the inability to love correctly. God say, I'm breaking that. You will be a whole, healthy, young adult. In Jesus' name. back, angel. Hug a good time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's real. Is number six over the house. Every time. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter six. I'll never stop reading this. Amen. This is how we go on. Number six, 24. Don't forget y'all and I do thank y'all that have been supporting our building. Y'all so much. As we move to the completion of that project, continue to be generous as you have been. Amen. God is getting our new home ready. Amen. So I thank you for that. Amen. Numbers chapter six, verse twenty-four. Oh, that's why. When I put my glasses, I'm like, why well, I can barely see. That. No, Bill. Have to grab them <laughs> Number 6 and 24. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God bless you. You are this place in Jesus' name.